Is there a better way to retire? A YouTube channel called It'll Be Fun can show you how. That's our textonation. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us are Alan and Leslie Gorsuch, who created It'll Be Fun, along with, uh, I guess, many, many fans. Hi, Alan and Leslie. Hi there. Hello. Well, you have a, a growing following on YouTube and a very interesting story to tell about how you approached retirement. Tell us about your backgrounds first uh, and what you decided to do. I have an extensive background in automotive mechanics. I was a mechanic since I've been 16, owned my own repair shop for many years. And Leslie has uh, been working in the horticultural field since she was 12 and has an extensive background in retail. And then we decided that it was time to retire. Realistically, Alan is much older than I am. So we got started in the channel from our background um, simply because we were trying to figure out another way. Was there a better way to retire um, based upon the cost of living and our, our needs? Yeah, I would be able to retire, but she was nine years younger than me and it wasn't time for her. So we really got one income from my social security and had to augment that somehow. And you looked at many places, right? All we over? Did. Yeah, we did. We checked out uh, several places in the United States. We looked at, you know, Tennessee, Arkansas, Florida, all the usual places, Arizona, New Mexico, U.S. Virgin Islands, and then expanded our search to uh, Mexico, Ecuador, uh, Costa Rica, Panama, Spain, Ireland, and then eventually to Portugal, where we found the beautiful island of Madeira. Was there someone or something that led you in that direction? Or was it just fate? No, <laughs> no, no. We we had a criteria, a wish list, so to speak, of where what we wanted to do, what what we wanted when we when we got to retirement. We both were from the mid, upper Midwest when we were done with the winters there. We retired with the snow and the cold, so we didn't want too hot or too cold, and we'd love to have mountains and oceans. So we started looking at places that could afford us all of those things if possible, and. Uh, the research led us towards Madeira. You are really, really good about uh, showing precisely how affordable this can be. And that's one of the things that you were looking for, I suppose. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Le Leslie is the queen of spreadsheets. And I'll let you, she'll tell you about yeah, that. Yeah. I am the queen of spreadsheets. I love them. Um, so realistically, in, order, in our criteria, obviously Madeira ended up being the final selection, but we had to start with cost of living. Where could we go that we could afford to live? And that creates spreadsheets. So every place that we looked at, we went through the process of building that cost of living and how much would it cost to move there, all of the, all of the different layers that are involved in that. And then moved on to things like lifestyle, safety, health care, um, all of the pieces of the pie that add to the cost of living, right? And when you add things up, uh, can you give uh, our audience kind of a rough idea of what it does take a, a month to to live comfortably there? Um, yeah. On the island of Madeira, the, right now, it's about, with the inflation, it's about $2,700 a month. If you're running a vehicle, you have a car, um, which we do. And we live in a two bedroom, two bath down by the water. Uh, do not have a direct ocean view, but we do have a lovely ocean view and a mountain view. Um, 
So we live a very nice lifestyle. We go out a few times uh, a week without any issues. We pretty much get involved in everything we'd like to do. And we can do all that within that $2,700. Wow, that's that's amazing. And that includes things like uh, your health care insurance and, and uh, other expenses that pop up? Yes, that's the entire budget. Everything that uh, we spend money on, we work it into that budget. Yeah, we so, have, um, they offer healthcare in Portugal and a lot of the countries do when people start researching. Um, but we also signed up for private health insurance here. And so that allows us, affords us to have a private health insurance program um, on top of the public system. Well, obviously this isn't for everyone. I mean, you, you've had to leave a lot behind. I know everybody does when, when they move anywhere, even within the States, but technology, I suppose, can help. Are you, are you really getting high-speed internet, phone service, and TV for under $50 a month? Yes, we are. It's 47 euros a month, and that includes the, uh, the, the high-speed internet, the television, and a landline. That does not include the cell phones. Those are 11 euros a piece, and we have five gig, five gig. and 1,000 minutes a month per cell phone. And that's 11 euros per month per cell phone. That's 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 really amazing. I mean, uh, most people are paying more for that just for internet, I suppose, in the in the United States, as uh, as you used to. Oh yeah. oh yeah. How cumbersome was the process of relocating things like bank accounts and agencies to work with? And I guess there's a trust factor as well when you're handing over all of this data to people that you don't know. Sure, it's very detailed. It's 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 doable. It's very manageable, but there's definitely a process in place, and you need to stick with it as much as possible. Because even the sticking with the process, there's going to be a hiccup every once in a while. But there's you know things like uh, finding a movie company, getting help with the visa. Um, Oh, just do simple ads when you got to go through the whole visa process. And when you do that, it's a very regimented process. There are specific rules and laws that you have to meet all the paperwork criteria for. And you have to order a bunch of paperwork in the United States. Remember, like the apostille yeah. process, that's a very difficult process in the States. We're all used to doing a notary, um, but we're not used to having to have things apostolized. Is that the first how, how long did it take uh, from the time you decided, okay, this is something I think we want to do? Well, we had our first first scouting trip last summer. We spent five weeks here, um, came in the middle of July and stayed till the middle of August. And on that trip, we decided when we got home that we were going to pull the trigger and make it happen, uh, put the house on the market, sell all the belongings that we weren't going to bring with us. and make the move. So we got back late August, uh, contacted our realtor the same day. We already spoke with her previous to our trip and the house was listed two days later, uh, contacted a move international moving company, had them inventory the um, things, the personal belongings that we were bringing. Um, of course, I brought my car with me. So that dictated that 20 foot container and the process went in place October 8th. I turned in, uh, well, my last official day was October 8th. I retired that day and we moved here November 1st. So 
things were happening fast. Wow, you accomplished it that quickly, and uh, you you did bring that uh, beloved car with you, right? Absolutely, I couldn't leave it. I've had it for almost thirty years, so it's it's, it's a part of my life. <laughs> it, it's a it's a Volkswagen Bug, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a nineteen seventy Volkswagen Bug. There's a big uh, classic car culture here, so it fits right in. Wow, I had one about that vintage that had the, uh, I guess it was an electric or electronic stick shift. That they oh, made the for a little <laughs> semi-automatic. You touch the shift when you're driving it. Yeah, that, that, that was my that was my first vehicle. It was a little flaky to learn. To, yeah, to that, touch was a, that, that was a very strange uh, iteration there. So you've got the, your dog with you too. Is that the, was that a problem? Yep. No, not really. It was just more detail. We brought Gear the dog. We got Rex the cat. Both of those are rescues, and we have our son Wolf that came with us as well. But the pet process was probably more detailed than our process. There was a yeah. lot of legal things that we had to do and it was a specific time that was involved for them. We had to have the- uh, They had to have appointments at 20, before 28 days and appointments after 10 days before you're leaving. Just all of these very, very detailed pieces. And we laughed after all, selling everything you own and planning all of this gathering all the information for the visas and, you know, everything is very regimented and you think you get down to the animals because they're kind of at the end. Yeah. Oh, it was just as detailed to get them as we probably got here easier than they did. Yeah. Wow. A dog, a cat, and a wolf. <laughs> so in addition to being on YouTube, you've created a channel on Patreon. Tell us about that and the benefits to you and, and subscribers. Sure. Um, he's, he said that you'll know he's nudging me because Wolf and I created the Patreon account. So the Patreon account has four levels. One of the things that we started doing a couple months ago because people were asking um, and wanting to literally sit down and talk about either their scouting trip or their their process, were they making the right steps, or just to ask about the island in general or anything that we had learned. We had started doing one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, which were, you know, there was a fee and they would go in and sign up for that. So by folding and starting the Patreon, we allow people to you know, donate $5 if they want to help us get better equipment or, you know, maybe get some education and do a better job at what we're doing. Um, and then all the way up to, to go ahead and sign up for a one-on-one -on -one so that we can get together. And there in the middle, we have a happy hour that we'll all meet up for a happy hour, have a good time. Everybody's on the screen together. We can all talk. And then we also have individual, you know, uh, conversations on the different processes so that everybody can ask questions and build that community for the processes. How do I get my visa? How do I find a moving company? Who do you recommend? Or who does Susie recommend someone else in the community? approach than just a generic YouTube video that, yeah. it, that spreads out to everybody. This can be focused towards, you know, individual questions and that makes it nice that way. Terrific. And uh, this is a way for you, for you both, I suppose, to supplement your income going online and sharing everything as well. It's a business. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about in, in retiring and finding a way to retire is simply don't be afraid to try and build a secondary. Um, you know, you've saved your retirement for years. And whether you've got millions of dollars or just, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars, you have to figure out how to make that work. So you take what you have and you supplement it. We all have something to offer. So have you had to learn new technical and photography skills and the editing and the, the whole bit? I mean, things, things look great. Things do look great. Like last October, I had asked for a, um, a new GoPro camera because I, I had big intentions to come into Madeira on my retirement and maybe starting a YouTube channel. So that was my first experience with that kind of uh, camera. And, um, but yeah, the whole editing process, the layers of audio, and it's quite detailed and time consuming. It's, it's amazing how much time has to go into a, a 10 minute video. Well, he knows. Yeah, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's not, snap but, your but these were, these were things that were all new to you then. I mean, I worked in, in radio and media for, I've worked for my whole life basically. Yeah. But uh, this is something that, this was not what you were doing for a living before. Oh, absolutely not. No, he's a mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you how to fix a car, but I can't tell you how to make a YouTube video, but I'm, I'm figuring we're it out. Learning. Yeah, we're learning. Now, just as simple as in this sounds silly, is we ordered a, we needed a new computer because our computer is so old, it can barely process the editing on the videos. So when we finally found an editing program that would maybe let us uh, get a little better, um, we discovered we can't run the program. So we've been waiting two months for that computer. It's still not here. So we're still waiting. Yeah. yeah the su su supply chain issues are, are global, yeah. aren't they? So. so maybe when it gets here, we will get a little better if everyone bears with us. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's, it's looking pretty good right now, to be honest with you, and it'll be even better. What are some of the most, more important things, I guess we should say, to consider for people who are contemplating a, a place to retire to? Um, well, first off, you know, before, a few years before you do it, sit down and have a long, long talks, write everything down, write your intentions down and make that list and figure out exactly where you can afford to go and where you'd like to go. And yeah, the lo location. I mean, yeah. start with the location. We have friends in the States that are very, very close to family or they have, um, you know, never lived outside the city that, that, that their children and family are in. We live for many years, two or three states away from family. So being eight or 12 hour, you know, drive from family has been that the norm. So for us to come all the way to Europe, where that's going to be, you know, a day to get back home if there was an emergency, is not a big deal. But everybody needs to start with how far can they go? Maybe it's Mexico because they can get back into the States in, you know, four or six hours and be back home. Or Florida, Tennessee, right. whatever, whatever their goals are, they, they can make it happen. They make a plan and save accordingly and cost of living. They, yeah. Make sure they can get a visa if they're going outside the state. A lot of countries getting a visa is not very simple. Um, you'll hear people speak to that country, but if you look into the details, you can't really get a residency visa. It's just temporary. Or maybe you can't buy property and own your own home. Some of that um, 
countries, you know, like the Philippines and things like that. And one of the amazing things is you, you did all this during a pandemic, during COVID. Did that, did that hamper things very much? We had three planned trips to come here and three trips canceled because the United States uh, had a travel ban. We kept planning them thinking, well, oh, they're going to they're gonna loosen it up. It's going to happen. But three canceled trips. One was to the Azores, which is also part of Madeira, or Portugal, Portugal, excuse me. But finally, when the, the floodgates opened, like last June, when the United States, okay, you can travel. So we were on the plane in July, right after it opened up. He said, yep, we finally get to do it. So you're living there, and I think um, you must have a lot of stories that you can share, but what are some of the things that you've learned living among the people that maybe were unexpected? Uh, the people here are just absolutely wonderful. It's a beautiful people, wonderful culture. Um, they're very uh, outgoing. They're, they're willing to help. I, a, a lot of them speak English, some of them don't. The ones that don't still would try to help you the best they can uh, to get out of a you know question situation in the store or something like that. Um, the infrastructure here is great. They have wonderful uh, high-speed internet. You know, and one of the things that, that seems to be different here is um, it's not what you did or how much money you're working at here in the States. It's always, well, what do you do for a living? You know, that kind of thing. And then that allows people to gauge you. Here, it's not so much, you know, it's it's what do you like to do? Yeah, you know, where are your interests? That's what they seem to care about, don't you think? Yeah, oh, yeah. And you the, the friends we've made here, both um, expats and local people, it's just we never have this many friends back in the United States. We need a, a, a planner to keep a, our social calendar up to date. And uh, it's there's always something to do. Somebody's yeah. always wanting to do something like this. So. Yeah, the, the, the Madeirans have, there's a festival every week someplace oh, yeah. on this island. So there is no reason for anyone to ever get bored here. And so many of the things that they, because it's not, you know, a wealthy, culture um so many of the things you don't have to show up with a bunch of money to enjoy yourself just show up the pace of life tell me about that compared with what you were used to well we no longer have an alarm clock nor do we want one ever again so we get up when we get up it's usually you know early because we have a dog and she's around but uh, um it's it's real laid back it's it's wonderful um what we want when we want it's kind of like retirement. Yeah. It's kind of like being retired. <laughs> <laughs> and and people would want to know, okay, tell me about the food. And I'm, I'm sure that there's some good stories there too. Oh, mercy. Yeah. Um, well, I'm right now, I'm, you can't tell, but I'm looking at a field of bananas right out our window. So the fresh produce here is plentiful and readily available when it's in season. Uh, lots of different things that we haven't, had until we moved here, like dragon fruit and all the other things. Um, uh, well, the local, the local things like the lipids, you know, that you are the lapis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a little, it's like a barnacle. It is. <laughs> but I, they're really good. It yeah. sounds terrible. Um, they're really good, yeah. And I cook them with butter and garlic, and pretty much anything you smother in butter and garlic 
is going to be really good. Local fish pop right right in the sea, right behind us. They go fishing every night, and um, it's all fresh. Um, there's little markets, uh, fruit stands, and fish markets, and grocery stores. Everything you could possibly need as far as food goes. And the mountains, the the terrain, I guess, help to keep you healthy too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They they are steep mountains. Think of the Hawaiian Islands. They're it's a volcanic island here, and the mountains are very steep. Goes from sea level to over over sixty one hundred feet in height. So it's think Smoky Mountains in height. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it does keep you in good exercise, and there's plenty of uh, there's I forget how many miles Lavadas. There's like over three thousand miles of Lavadas, and Lavadas are man-made um, channels that they made hundreds of years ago. When they started making them to channel the water from the wetter north side to the drier south side. And there's walks that go along all of those different channels, and it's a wonderful way to get some exercise. Some of them are a bit. Like there, you fall into the abyss. Some of them are just beautiful wide walks. Like you know, if you're walking through the Smoky Mountains, um, just all you know, all different levels. Mm -hmm. You know, easy to very, very hard for the young and the old. Um, maybe not wheelchair ready, but most of them are pretty. They're nice and tons of exercise. However, the food issue. Remember the butter and garlic that does <laughs> offset the the hyphen and the walking out of the <laughs> One of the things that I found interesting, and uh, I don't know if it's still the case, but at least when you went there, you did not speak Portuguese. Is that right? Uh, that is quite correct. And that was a concern of ours before we came, but uh, it was eased it, it was eased up a little bit after our visit last year, where there was a lot of people that do speak English here or bilingual, and it makes it a little bit easier. However, the official language is Portuguese. So it's essential that if we're going to stay here, we need to learn Portuguese. We've been taking some online classes from a, a wonderful teacher in, in Lisbon. Um, and we've recently signed up for um, some official face-to-face in-classroom lessons at the University of Madeira. We're waiting on confirmation whether there, there's enough people signed up for the class so they can do that. But that would be great a couple of times a week, you know, to actually in a classroom situation to, you know, to immerse yourself in a language. Into four hours at a time um, to get you immersed into the language. Because it's very, very easy for the Madeirans to speak English to you. So you don't get to practice your Portuguese as much as you should. Yeah. To try to speak Portuguese and they see you struggling, they switch to English. So it makes it too easy. So it's hard to learn Portuguese if they're willing to switch to English without asking. So, but your motivation for doing that is really a cultural thing to to show that uh, respect and wanting to belong. That's the idea. Absolutely, it's oh, only, yeah. you know it's only right to we're in their country and if we stay plan stay, we need to speak the the official language. So much like it, um, come to America, you gotta if you have to. But English is the predominant language there. Well, yeah, and not too many. Uh, People in this country speak other languages. No, that's, they have one language only. It's not, you know, Europe is like, think of America and every state is a different country. That's the way you go from Illinois to Indiana and that's a different country and a different language. So 
Yeah, That's the way you have to think about it. It's really fun because uh, from a language perspective as well, because Madeira Island, Madeira Island is, um, I say it incorrectly, <laughs> but because the island is also a tourism island, there's Europeans from all different countries. So therefore the languages and they all come and everybody speaks English. So English is the more common the language that brings everybody together yeah. here. Well, being American, we're the dumbest because we only speak one language. We're the only people that we know. But there's a lot of bilingual, you know, Europeans automatically. And English was a lot of their second language. So just yeah. wonderful. And the great thing is that you you take all of your your fans, your friends online along for the for the ride here, showing us everything that you're doing, everything that you're learning. And it's really terrific. Tell us where people should go, what they should look for to find you. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they should go to our YouTube channel, which is It'll Be Fun. And we have a Patreon account now, and that's also It'll Be Fun. And oh, and as of today, I made Alan into a meme. So you can get a membership and purchase a meme and do, I don't know what to do with it. Well, it's it a meme, no, it's an emoji, excuse me, I'm calling it the wrong word. emoji. <laughs> so anyway, silliness. So you can find us there. That's terrific. And uh, when it comes to staying in touch with uh, family and friends back in the States, I guess you do have the internet and I'm sure many want to come see you rather than have you come back home. Sure, yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and we do uh, we use WhatsApp um, to get a hold of our people back in the States. It works really well here. So that's the way we communicate with them. Just terrific. Well, Alan and Leslie Gorsuch, thank you so much for taking the time with us. And I should say it was fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers, and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, Without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.